And I'll tell you what, there's nothing like sitting at dark and seeing a train come by. If it's got a picture of Lincoln on the front of it, we're, we're golden. <laughs> Welcome back to The Q Files. In this episode, we'll go on a completely different kind of investigation. We'll be seeking out a thing, a moment, a feeling, and dive deep into local history seared in sorrow and national trauma. But boy howdy were we happy to get back outside. It had rained the whole afternoon, but stopped just as we were starting our investigation about 8.30 p.m. The cool evening air felt so good, and the red-winged blackbirds were joyously welcoming us. Yeah, that red-winged blackbird's fantastic. The birds may have been welcoming us, but it was cold, windy, and impossible to light a cigarette. advertising for a cigarette company. <laughs> there was no chance of using dowsing rods or even expecting to be able to hear EVPs. This night was different for so many reasons. I mean, we're outside of our normal tools. I know. I mean, I think if there is anything tonight, it's going to be very, like, experiential. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed, and then almost magically, the sun came out and an incredible double rainbow formed on the lengths of the tracks. We were so focused on the rails, but the phenomena was calling us to look towards the sky. We still wouldn't understand that for quite a while. So what made this investigation so unique and such a challenge for us? Well, we were seeking a train, a ghost train, and not just any old ghost train. After Abraham Lincoln was shot on April 14, 1865, and consequently died at 7.22 a.m. on April 15, Edwin Stanton, Secretary of War, who essentially acted as president after the assassination, decided to take Lincoln's embalmed body on a 1,654-mile, 13-day journey across seven states in order to unite a shocked nation after its devastating loss. Only a week before, the Civil War had ended with Lee's surrender to Grant at Appomattox. The initial Northern celebration of victory had been suddenly cut short by the assassin, John Wilkes Booth's single bullet. The journey would start in Washington, D.C. on April 21st, 1865, and arrive at its final destination in Springfield, Illinois, Lincoln's hometown, on May 3rd. It would essentially traverse exactly the same route that Lincoln himself had traveled as president-elect in 1861, but in reverse. And although it was slated to only stop at major metropolitan cities along the way, it would actually pass through 440 communities along the route, and tens of thousands of mourners would line the tracks in between. Fascinatingly enough, Lincoln's body was not the only body that was carried along by the funeral train. 
Lincoln's 11-year-old son, Willie, had died in 1862 from, most likely, typhoid fever, and had been embalmed and interred at the Oak Hill Cemetery in Georgetown. First Lady Mary Lincoln was vehemently appalled at Stanton's notion of carrying her husband's dead body across America to be gawked at and she thought disrespected. She would only consent to the funeral train if Stanton would agree that Willie's body be disinterred and accompany his dead father back to Springfield. Stanton had no choice but to agree. Lincoln had actually had Willie's body embalmed, a pioneering new medical procedure and technology that had grown out of a desire for those who died on the Civil War battlefields far away from home to be returned back to their friends and family without the body decomposing. It was a radical procedure at the time. Dr. Charles Brown and Dr. Henry Cattle would repeat the procedure on Lincoln the afternoon of his death. Lincoln would be the first president ever to be embalmed. And Dr. Cattle would accompany the body on the funeral train, along with another embalmer, to conduct touch-ups along the way. It is said that so much embalming liquid had been injected into Lincoln's veins by the end of the journey that he had almost been mummified. The volume of funeral flowers would increase exponentially along the route to offset the growing odor caused by Lincoln's physical demise. The Lincoln funeral train, now known as the Lincoln Special, had originally been meant as a presidential train to carry Lincoln across America to visit the many areas of the country he had never seen. One of his last comments to Mary Lincoln on the day of his death was that he desired more than anything to see California. The presidential viewing car was quickly transformed into the funeral train with nine cars, the hearse car with Lincoln and Willie's body being the last car before the caboose. The Lincoln Special crept along the rails after leaving D.C. on April 21st. And on April 29th, the funeral train arrived in Columbus, Ohio, where his body was transferred via a horse-drawn hearse to the Capitol. Columbus had been selected as one of only 11 major cities to which the funeral train would visit and Lincoln's body would lay in state. This is from the Ford's Theater blog, uh, the venue where Lincoln was assassinated. On April 29, 1865, the funeral train arrived promptly at 7.30 a.m. in Columbus to the sound of muffled bells. A huge crowd of spectators watched as the president's coffin was removed from its train car and placed on a massive hearse drawn by six white horses. A solemn cortege accompanied the hearse from Union Depot to the Ohio State House, where Lincoln's body lay in state for six and a half hours. During that time, more than 50,000 people were estimated to have passed through the State House rotunda. It was a big day in Columbus history, but in the last 155 years, there is another tale to this incredible story, more haunted and ethereal. It seems that there is a ghost Lincoln funeral train that will puff down the tracks annually in observance of its sad original journey. Hundreds of people over the years have claimed to have seen this ghost train traveling along its familiar tracks. It has been witnessed that clocks and watches stop as a translucent spectral train image passes in front of them. Apparitions of Union soldier guards that used to protect the president and his young son can be seen on the tracks and sometimes move people away to let the train pass. Furthermore, the air sometimes changes and grows cool and brisk as it passes. And at the same time, the clouds pass over the moon, making the ghost train more visible in the sudden darkness. And often, there is just a huge gush of hot wind that is felt as the train passes by. Mournful music may also be heard or just an eerie train whistle. And sometimes, people see phantom smoke belch from the train stack 
as it approaches. The two most notorious locations of this ghost train sighting have been Albany, New York on April 26th and 27th, and Urbana, Ohio on April 29th. But we wondered if the ghost Lincoln funeral train might not also be annually passing through the city in rails of Columbus on April 29th. But no one has ever seen or heard of it simply because no one has ever attempted to encounter it. And so, yeah, there you have it. We were hot on the trail of the Lincoln Ghost funeral train, on the very tracks that took Lincoln and Willie's bodies to and from Columbus in 1865. And so we started walking those very rails on the night of April 29th. We are now. Um, this is Lori and Shane. We are walking along the tracks outside of Columbus, Ohio. It's about 8.30 p.m. on April 29th. And we'd like to connect with any entities that would like to speak to us. Um, We're here um, with good intention. We simply want to hear your stories. And um, we particularly are looking for the Lincoln Ghost Funeral Train. Lincoln's funeral train left Columbus on these tracks at this time, 155 years ago. And we would like to connect with any entities that might be connected to that train. We're here out of honor and celebration. Um, Again, with good intentions and the highest good. And to invite you to talk with us and tell us your story. Again, we realize, you know, when the funeral train passed through here, Lincoln's body and his young son, um, we realized what a traumatic experience it was for the country. You know, people lined the tracks to say goodbye, waving flags and dressed in black crepe. Um, Maybe you were one of those people who stood by the track and watched as the Lincoln funeral train went by to pay your respect and show your your sorrow at the event after such a traumatic war. I can only imagine the shock and sorrow of that moment. We figured that the residual energy of that historic moment might well have left a mighty shadow over those tracks. We kept walking, and it grew darker and darker, and the real trains kept roaring past us just 10 feet away. And we weren't getting much as far as a connection with any entities, or anything at all for that matter. I mean, so far we have like 15 minutes of train sounds. Well, that's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) And it was growing creepier and creepier. I mean, I think it's like being at a haunted location. It is. Where everything seems a little extra weird. It's just a bag looks scary. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. And then we remembered something. Over the last six months, we have tried to embrace a new tool in our investigations, 
clearing our minds and reducing the barriers of thought that might just prohibit communication being conveyed to us. This demanded the new approach that we had just started to focus on using. We use a lot of, I know it sounds hokey, but we use a lot of mindfulness with these hunts where we'll literally sit in a room for 45 minutes and, and be mindful. And very often that's been when something spiked or we've heard something. Right. Um, I think it's hard for, you know, spirits to contact you when you've got all this jumble in your, in your brain. Yep, mindfulness, being present, a simple and powerful state of mind. Soon, after we were making our way back down the tracks again as it grew darker and darker, we found this. A tin can. Oh my god, it is a tin can. <laughs> Having a hell your moment. Hell your moment, tin can. First tin can of the evening. <laughs> That's like a legit tin can. I know. <laughs> Tin cans become like the ubiquitous signal for <laughs> phenomena. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. A tin can. Nothing really out of the ordinary, you say. But if you watch the series Hellier by Greg and Dana Newkirk on Prime Video, you would know that a tin can can come to signal something weird, unusual, or paranormal is about to happen. It signals a strong connection with the phenomena. And wouldn't you know? I'm in the clouds and said to do funny things too, so I Well, that's, um, when I look back, it looks like... This like looks a like smoke. a big belch of smoke yeah. from the train, doesn't it? With the yeah. American flag right there? Yeah. It truly does. It truly does. Yeah, it looks like a belt that just covers the whole sky. Uh-huh. It's moving, too. <laughs> That's exactly what it looks like. How magnificent. That does. I'm glad you thought that it looks exactly like yeah, that. Yeah, turned wow. around, and I was like, oh, like the, the smoke. Yeah. yeah. But the American flag yeah. right there. Wow. Parallel with and over the track. It sure is. 
kind of magical look. <laughs> I mean, I'm not joking. No, I know. It was truly magical. The strange cloud started from a point of release just over the rails, and the surge of what looked exactly like the smoke from a train spread across the sky, which had darkened behind it, making it stand out, this bright white cloud almost illuminated, bright and flickering. And remember that double rainbow at the beginning? It's funny how I'm feeling so drawn to the sky and not the rails, you know? But if we're just talking about where our minds are, I mean, you know? Not that that's peculiar, it's just something to notice. No, I, I do think it's important though. I mean, that's... Maybe yeah. noticing the... You have a lighter on you, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, wait, I found it. The, no, I found it. The, the phenomenon and... Kind of acknowledging it, I guess. Well, and truthfully... We're gonna have to stop talking in a second. <laughs> being open to it because it's a different kind of investigation. The phenomena itself had instructed us where to look, to find exactly what we were seeking. I do think we saw it. I, I, I do think the clouds were interesting, and I think there is a, sort of a nod from the cosmos. That, I do. I, I mean, the, I guess the, the thing was, like, so we're walking, and then... You know, we realize that the, these clouds look like they're coming out of a smokestack. Yeah. Like billowing and out. And they're down low near the, the tracks. And, you know, we, we keep seeing them. And as we, you know, meander down the track, we, we start seeing, you know, kind of like phantom lights. And yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Very much weird things. No doubt thousands of people saw that double rainbow and those really weird smokestack clouds. But did they know what they were being shown? How many times a day does the cosmos and other strange phenomena gather itself and conspire to show us miraculous events and wonders? How many times are we told to look to the skies, but instead we are looking at the ground below us? Focused and obsessed with our daily errands and interactions without ever once realizing that the world itself is trying to get our attention, to say to us, the past, the future, and the present. They are all one and the same. And everything and all of us are deeply, deeply connected. If you only take time to notice. If there's one thing that our present worldwide situation has taught us, it's that it is time to reckon with that very notion, to go inwards and look to the sky. The cosmos is calling. And so to us, was the ghost Lincoln funeral train calling, with its bright, gorgeous, miraculous smokestack cloud billowing across the pink sky, glorious and transcendent. And we saw. And we saw. Hey folks, Lori and I have been considering hosting some special chats, perhaps over Zoom, something where we could all get to meet each other and discuss the magical weird world around us. We'll make an announcement about how we're going to do this and when in the coming days. So stay tuned to Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram for details. And hey, thanks for listening. This show was created and produced by me, Shane McClelland, and Lori Gum. Until next time, friends, be weird, stay curious. These are the Q-Files. <laughs>